back to the Mike and No Mike show. On today's episode, we have AFSA Hawker captain Jacob Bushu on the show. He has a fascinating story of being a national champion at university level in America to playing in third division in Finland to nowadays captaining AFSA Hawker. So, further ado, here's Jacob Bushu. On today's show, we have a 2012 national champion at the Indiana, Indiana University. He's currently now the AFSA Hawka captain. It's Jacob Bushu. Is that how you pronounce your last name? Yeah, Jacob Bushu. Bushu. Okay. Thank you so much for coming to the show, man. Bro. No, of course. So I wanted to interview, interview you today because I found your story very interesting, how you came from America and then you came to Finland and starting in the third division as, as well in Finland. But... Let me take you all the way back to Champaign, Illinois. So what was your like first involvement with like football, like touching a football for the first time and everything? Yeah, so I mean, I started playing when I was like five and that was just, you know, like rec league stuff um, until I was, I think, seven. And then I started playing club for my local team. And then, you know, my, my first year I was playing a year up. Then the next year I was playing my own age for the first time. My dad was my coach. And, you know, he never kicked a soccer ball in his life, but he he was always a big sports guy. And I mean, he was he's a crazy hard worker. So, I mean, just doing just doing that, you learn. Yeah, you don't learn a lot from the tactic and technical side, but obviously having your dad as a coach is fantastic. And, you know, he was my first coach, basically. Um, yeah. yeah. And then after after that, after a year, then I was lucky where there was a he was a great player from Champaign that had just kind of moved back and he took the young teams and we were family friends with him. So then I started playing with him for three years or so. And he kind of was the one who got me watching the games more, but then also like practicing on my own and things like that. And luckily my team was good. I was surrounded by good athletes and good players, which, in the Champaign area, yeah, there's some good players, but you have to get lucky with yep. your age group because it's not the big like playing in Chicago. You're there's always going to be talent around you because there's so many people. Um, but I was fortunate that my age just so happened to have yep. good players that played soccer at my age. Um, then at like I was in seventh grade, so thirteen, I you know I was a really I was a really good player and. Um, I kind of wanted to push myself to another to another level. So I started actually playing up in Chicago for a club called Chicago Magic, which at the time was huge. Um, but that involved okay. driving two and a half hours for practice, which that's not easy. Yep, exactly. Um, yep. So yeah, so no, it's not. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I was so that's like my parents are superheroes in that that regard. They're they're taking me to and from Chicago. You know, Thursday, Thursdays, I would go up and train. Um, other days of the week, I would stay at my local club and train with older teams. And then weekends, I would go up for games, things like that. Um, yeah, and I did that till I was, okay. till I was 17. Yeah. That was my club career. Wow, nice. So obviously, because Champaign's not the biggest city in, in America, there's like maybe 100,000 people there or something like that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, somewhere between 80 and 100,000. I can't remember what it is right now. 
Okay. So then how did you get like recruited to Indiana then? Obviously that's one of the powerhouses in like university football in America. So I think they have the second most titles in the nation. So how did that recruiting process go? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of recruiting is done through your club and my club was great. Um, we were one of the best teams in the country. Like we finished my last year playing, we finished third, third in the country year before that we were fifth. Um, and then beyond that, you know, I was always on like state teams, regional teams, things like that. Um, so it was just there. They were at my games. I, I would play. I played well at some some games that they were at. And basically, yeah, they they wanted me. And there were, there were some other schools who actually offered me a little bit more money to go there. But, you know, it's Indiana. Like you said, like it's a. Uh, at the time, they had seven national championships. I was lucky to win one. Um, so yeah, now it's eight. I think St. Louis has St. Louis has more. A lot of theirs were in the '60s, '70s, '80s, things like that. So I would say Indiana is probably okay. In like recent memory, probably the probably the biggest program. But you know, there's there's other great ones too. But yeah, that was the yeah, that was the course. recruiting process to Indiana. Okay, so then you you guys won the national championship in 2012, and I was reading somewhere you had a torn meniscus in the last seven games. <laughs> Talk to me about that. How you like played on with a torn meniscus? Because that's fucking crazy. That was oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was so. It was like uh, we were playing. We were playing Michigan State. There was three games left in the regular season, and I'm just jogging back on a goal kick, and all of a sudden I hear like pop, 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 and I just drop to the ground, and. Like the doctors don't really know how it tore, but my meniscus tears um, and I like couldn't walk or run for a while. Like it was because my, my knee, like my knee, like couldn't straighten. Like it would, it was like, this is as far as they would bet, like straighten up. It was like right here. Oh God. Oh, so yeah. So it was, but then it was like, um, something something happened and like basically it's called it's called a bucket tear and so when the meniscus like when you tear it pretty significantly it can flip and then like it makes it so my knee wouldn't bend but then if it can flip back over then you can move it and it's just painful so it got it got flipped back over and i was at practice and i hadn't known it had happened and my basically they, they told me my season was done um after that and we were at training and my um physio was like yeah let's just try jogging and i was like all right fine whatever and i go jogging and all of a sudden i'm like holy crap i can move and then it was like oh i'm gonna try to ramp it up a little bit all of a sudden then i was running and it was painful but i was i was able to move and i was like holy like okay but let's let's stop right now let's let's take this as a victory in the day and let's move on to tomorrow. And then like, as the week went on, I could ramp up things more. And then it was, we had like the big 10 tournament was coming up. So then I actually played for 20 minutes in the game, like came in, felt fine. And then it was the NCAA tournament was coming up like a week after that. And, you know, usually I'm a holding midfielder, but Mm -hmm. when I was talking to my coach about it, it was like, well, I don't want my knee to give out in the final third or whatever. So then I got moved to, I was playing like number 10, like an attacking mid position. Um, okay. So I got moved up, I got moved up there and was playing. 
for the NCAA tournament. And yeah, it was terrible. Like they're giving me, they're giving me some painkillers and I was basically not practicing. I was only playing in the games. Um, but yeah. And then we went on that, that ridiculous run. Um, you know, we stomped our first game and then we beat the number one team in the country at their place and overtime in the round of 16. Then the quarterfinals, we beat North Carolina at their place. And then we beat Creighton 1-0 in the semifinal. And then we beat Georgetown 1-0 in the final. And that was like, that was one of the coolest things I've experienced in soccer. And then it was, you know, it was wild. And then I had surgery like three or four days after the final or something like that. It, <laughs> it was all yeah. worth it then winning the national championship. Oh, yeah. it was, I mean, the surgery. It was, that was, you know, and it was, it really, it really was crazy that I was able to pull it off because they, they ended up removing like seventy or eighty percent of my meniscus or something like that. And when they were showing me oh pictures afterwards, God. yeah, I know. yeah, they said there's like I'm going to have arthritis in my knee afterwards. But they, they showed me like pictures of what it looked like. Like they took scan <laughs> of my left knee and my right knee. My left knee was torn, and it looked like I had like pieces of cotton candy in my left knee because it was so frayed out and the right one was just normal um but yeah it was it was it was really cool man <laughs> this is yeah, the yeah. problem with doing the zoom calls sometimes it's okay though yeah but uh yep. so then you finished your career at indiana obviously you won the national championship which was the main goal and you achieved it so then you went to the mls draft combine How did that process go yes. you weren't selected of course right yeah so that was that was really like that whole year was a was a I'll, because what I mean, yeah, it sounds a little cliche, but it's a, it was a life changing year because it was, you know, going into my senior, we had just won the national championship. We're returning eight starters. We're bringing in Tommy Thompson, who you may be familiar with. He plays for uh, San Jose Earthquakes right now. He's a big time yeah. pro. Um, we bring in another guy who's an All American. Like we were loaded like by far number one team in the country preseason and we just <laughs> shit the bet essentially and we're <laughs> we barely we barely made the ncla tournament we had to win the big 10 tournament to get in so it was an it was a nightmare of a year um you know i had to i honestly i hadn't lost consistently ever at soccer in my life until then um so it was it was really tough mentally. And, you know, I didn't handle it well mentally, I don't think, looking back on it. Um, but then, yeah, I was still, you know, I was still a good player. So then most combine, it's like 40 players get invited. Um, you know, I went there and I, so usually I'm a center midfielder, or maybe a center back. And I was playing, I was getting played out of position. You know, that, that plays into it. I thought I still played fine, but, you know, the draft comes and, my agent is still telling me, you know, there's, I think there's five rounds and then most draft maybe four. My agent's still telling me, he's like, yeah, you're going to be first round, maybe even second round pick all these things. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That, that'll, that'll like, cause you know, I was a four year starter in Indiana. I was always a great player. Um, I had good accolades, all these things. Um, but then the MLS draft comes and goes and I don't get picked. And it was, you know, coming off this, like the worst season I've ever had where I was 
really struggling with all the losses and stuff. And then this happens. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, but I was still, okay, I'll get into a MLS camp or maybe I'll just go into NASL or USL, um, potentially go over to Europe, like whatever. I'll, I'll still play. No, no issues. But then, like, I couldn't even get a trial anywhere. And I still don't understand what happened if it was, you know, a lot of it. I think that my agent kind of screwed me off because he was a pretty big time agent. He had he had big clients to deal with. And then me not being the MLS, he was like, didn't want to deal with it. Didn't want to put effort into it. Um, that's what that's what I think that may not be true. Maybe teams just really didn't want me. But um it was it was really strange like seeing the people who were getting trials and I couldn't get one. So then I'm so I was just back um training at Indiana. Like my coaches really liked me, so they let me still train with the team. Um things like that. And I was basically just sleeping sleeping on my teammates' couches, sleeping out of my car, you know, it was just a mess. Um, and then it hits like May or June or something like that. And then at that point it was like, okay, well the season started. They're not signing players anymore. Um, what am I going to do? So then it was, okay, well I still want to play. So I stayed in Bloomington where Indiana is. Um, I couldn't train with the team anymore. But basically I was, I was training on my own. I was working out on my own and then I was coaching. So I was like driving to Indianapolis. So like an hour, hour and a half doing coaches to make some money. I was going like three, four times a week and then weekends making money and then training. I was training in the mornings. Um, and then training usually when I would come back from practice. So I was putting in some, putting some work because it was, you know, I had this point where it was like, do I want to keep, do I want to keep playing? Because this is going to be, it's going to be so difficult not going on an entire year, not playing. Do I just want to get into coaching? Cause I knew I wanted to coach, you know, and I was, I was sitting there and it was like training on my own. And it kind of realized one day I was like, you know, I need to, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is, this is what I've been training since I was five doing. Like I can't, sacrifice all that I've done all growing up. Like I was missing so much of my family and friends lives growing up. Like I'm not going to let this circumstance make me stop. Like I'm, it's not how it's going to go. So then I just started, I was just working, working, working. Eventually something will pop up. And then um, St. Louis FC was going to be a new, new professional team in the USL. And their head coach was actually my old regional team coach growing up. So he was like, yeah, we'll bring you in on trial and it'll be in October. I found out about this in like, I think July. So then it was like, okay, all eyes on October. So then it was, I was just killing myself physically. So much fitness and so many technical things that I I wasn't good enough at. I was just reps, 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 all kinds of stuff, working anywhere I could. Um, and then October came for the trial, you know, and I, I nailed it. I played, I played good. Um, I still wasn't, I still wasn't sure if I would get signed cause it's still, you know, it's, you have to, you're, 
you're not in control of those kind of things. And it was, they don't tell you right away. So then it was, you know, a month or month and a half of me waiting. And then eventually I remember getting the phone call from my agent being like, yeah, St. Louis, obviously they're going to sign you. And it was like, I can remember where I was. I can remember, like, I started crying. I started like, it was, it was this whole thing where it was like, finally, now I can get this, get this thing going. Um, because it was, it was such a tough, what, 18, 20 months there, maybe even longer now that I'm thinking about it, where it was just like trying to figure, trying to figure it out. And then it was finally, now we can get the ball rolling. Yep. Yep. So then you played at St. Louis for like two years, correct? Yeah. So then it was, yeah, then it was two years in St. Louis, you know, the first year getting things back going. Um, and then, you know, towards the end of the season, then I started, you know, when I started getting back into the rhythm and things, then I started playing really well, started, you know, I was on the USL team of the week um, once, I maybe even twice. You know, so I was, I was playing really well at the end of the season. Um, so then they ended up bringing me back in the second season. And then that off season, I was just, ah, I was killing it. I got really, oh, God, so fit, changed my diet, changed so much. <laughs> Going into the second year, I was going to be a killer. Um, and then things don't work out the way you want to. <laughs> then, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes that happens in life. Yep, yep. And, you know, and then it's it's another one of those, like, it was a learning because I, you know, I did I did everything in that off season I could. I was even, I was even a graduate assistant at St. Louis University that off season, which was pretty cool too. But, okay. you know, I was doing, I did everything right. Um, got into the season. And yeah, I still played in every game I was available, but most of it, a lot of it was off the bench and they were using me as a utility player. So like I would come in and I would play, come in as a left midfielder and then they would put me at like right back and then I'd play center midfielder. Like I was playing like three positions in one game, <laughs> yep. which, you know, look, look, when I look back at how I handled it mentally, it was pretty poor. Um, I really let it get to me where, you know, I can't, I can't control if a coach puts me in the game or not. Like all I can, all I can do is how I'm working and how I approach the situation. And I think, you know, if I would have, if I were to have the same mindset I do now, throw me back there, I think things would have turned out differently. Um, You know, that year was really tough for me as well because it was, I thought I was deserved more playing time and I wasn't getting it, but yeah. And then that's when, then I was like, well, you know, I don't want to come back. I want to try something different. You know, I'd been in been in America my entire life, in the Midwest my entire life. Yeah. I was like, so I want to try something different. Um, and I want to go over, try to play in, play in Europe. And I had heard people do well in Sweden, Norway, Finland, those like in the Scandic area. So hire an agent that works with getting players over there and – yeah, that's where that's where the journey in Finland kind of began. Was after that. Yep. So you made yep. your decision so you made your then decision. to not not to resign for St. Louis. So then you moved to Sweden, correct, to have a trial at a fourth division club, correct? Yeah. So it was like, yeah, and even then, even then that was sketchy because it was like, <laughs> it, yeah, because I get done in October or. October, November, whatever the USL season ends. And I had 
torn my meniscus, the another one at the end of the season, like the last practice of the year or something like that. So then I go get surgery on my right, my right knee. And that's like six weeks out. But, um, so then I'm rehabbing and all those things. And I go back to Bloomington, Indiana. Um, my girlfriend at the time, her dad was the athletic trainer in Indiana. So he was, so he was helping me rehab my knee and I was back just kind of training in Indiana. I would work with the strength coach and things like that. Just, just preparing for, um, whenever the, whenever the trial comes up, but you know, it gets all the way till April again, like deja vu type crap where no team will bring me on trial. There's all these teams in, in Finland in the third, third and fourth tiers that would be like, yeah, we're interested in him. And then they don't bring me in like fourth tiers in Sweden. Like they, these teams just wouldn't bring me in. And again, like I now this time I had two years professional experience, like played well, but still it just wasn't, just wasn't happening. Um, and, you know, it was again where there, there are times where I'm sitting there and I would get phone calls from my agent where I would swear that this team was going to be bringing me in and they wouldn't. And it was just the worst, man. It was, it was terrible. Um, so then, but, you know, I, I kept, I kept training. I kept staying fit. Again, I was, I was still trying to be like, okay, well, I once it comes, I need to be like game fit. So I was just crushing it. Like I was, I was, I was getting so fit. And finally, like my agent's like, yeah, this team in the fourth year in Sweden said they'll bring you in on trial. And I was like, all right, sweet, tell them I'm coming. And they're like, do you want to look at? I was like, no, I'm booking the ticket right now. Where am I going? <laughs> And then, so, <laughs> so then, so then I fly in, um, the club was Nordvarmlands in Sweden. It was like, um, I don't think it's the North is it's near Oslo in Norway. So I okay, fly into yeah. Norway, fly into Oslo. Then someone on the team picks me up, takes me to this club and when we get there, it's a town of 200 people. And we were staying in a ski resort for the preseason <laughs> or something like that because the owner, the owner owned, yeah, no, the owner owned like three or four ski resorts in the area or something. Something like that. Okay. But yeah, the, the biggest, biggest grocery store in the place was a gas station. And so I'm training there for a week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I'm training. <laughs> this is crazy, man. I know. Well, it's crazy. What was crazy too was there were some really good players there. Like there were um, there were some guys who I'm trying to used to play like on Serbian national teams and stuff like that. Wow. And basically, they were over there. They were over there trying to get citizenship and then bring their families over because they were trying uh, to get out. See. of they were trying to get out of Serbia. I think I think it was Serbia, pretty okay. positive. Um, but yeah, so they're actually some pretty good players. But yeah, so I train train there for the week, play in the game, do well in the game. They offer me a contract, so I'm like, hell yeah, finally, let's get this thing going. So then I call my agent. And I'm like, yeah, they offer me a contract. 
let's do this. I want to sign. And he's like, okay, well, that's good. But before that, now that you're over here, there's another team in Finland in the third tier that wants to bring you in. And I was like, third tier? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. I was like, I was like, wait a minute. And I was like, and I Googled the town and I was like, okay, more than 200 people. That's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but then I, but then I was talking to, I was talking to, there was another American there. And basically when you're in the fourth year in Sweden, you're not professional, no matter how you're paid, you're not professional. Yeah. So there's like horror stories of Americans being playing in the fourth year in Sweden that gets halfway through and their travel visa runs out or whatever. And then they just send them home. So then you're stuck again. Where in Finland, once you're in the third tier, then you're yep. professional. Yep. So okay. then you get the work permit, you're there. So then I call my agent back and I was like, okay, well, this team, am I going to make the team? And he was like, yeah, you'll make it. I was like, okay, booking my ticket right now. Book my ticket. I have like, like way less than 100 in my bank account left. <laughs> it's like 50 bucks left in my bank when I booked the ticket and I just go over to Finland, get picked up at the airport, um, go to the club BK 46 in Cardia, which is like in the South of Finland, Swedish speaking place. And yeah, that's when, that's when Finland starts, starts get going. So then you were talking about the travel visa for Americans. So continue on about that. Oh, oh sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so I was in Nordvarmlands. That's where we were at. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So sorry. So um, yeah. So the travel visa in Americans, it can run out when you're in Sweden and then you just get sent back. But in Finland, the third tier, you like, you get the professional visa. So then you're there for the whole season. Like they can't, they can't kick you out. So then it was, then I call my agent back and it's um, like, will I make the team? And then he was like, yeah, like if you, if you play well, you're going to, you'll, you'll make this team. And I was like, okay, boom, let's go. So book my ticket, have like no money left in my bank account after buying the ticket <laughs> and get, get going, get going, um, show up in Helsinki, get picked up, um, go into a club, uh, BK 46. Yep. And it's in, so it's in the third tier in Finland. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't know anything about the country. <laughs> you only know about the midwest in america that's it yeah yeah i mean like i remember when i was like my agent was like yeah you'll be flying into helsinki i was like is that like <laughs> the capital what is that? <laughs> <laughs> so um but yeah so then i get picked up go to bk46 um it's in the so southern part of finland and it's in cardia which it's a Swedish speaking area, yep. which is pretty interesting where it was like, so you guys live in Finland, but you all speak Swedish <laughs> as your person. So, so yeah, I show up there and then that's where, that's when the, all, everything in Finland starts getting going. Nice. So then you played there for a season. So how did that go then? Obviously I saw a tweet that you actually tweeted last week where you said four years ago today was my first game in Finland in the game. I dribbled around someone and got fouled. I immediately sprung up and got in his face. I looked around the field and saw everyone with just a shook, confused face. It was in this moment. It hit me. I wasn't playing in America anymore. So could you, <laughs> could you please describe about that? Like dif the, dif the difference between playing like in America compared to Finland and like the emotional side and playing style and all that kind of stuff as well. 
yeah, so it was, yeah, so I came here, I guess it must have been April, if my first game was April 5th or 6th or whatever it was, um, so yeah, so I trained for like maybe two, three days, and then I'm playing in the, in a, like a friendly game, that was like my trial game, they were going to decide my contract at the end of that, so then it was, you know, I'm playing the game, and I'm like, you know, I'm going for a contract, so I'm like, a hundred percent like ready to kill anything that comes in front of me kind of thing. <laughs> and, you know, I get the ball dribble around guy, do like a little spin and he takes me by my shirt and pulls me down. And, you know, like when that happens, like I'm, I get pretty fire when I'm playing. So I pop up and I'm just like in this guy's face, just screaming at him. And, you know, like, yeah, in, in America, it's not, yeah, you might, not everybody does that, but it's not uncommon where if someone fouls you really hard that you get up and it's like, yeah, you're not going to punch them in the face, but you're going to do some pushing do some little, little scrum. It's much more aggressive. Mm-hmm. So when I did that, ever like I look around and everyone's just like, what's this guy doing? <laughs> <laughs> going on? I was like, Ooh, okay. All right. Different place. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, I, I played well and then I get the contract. So then it was, now I was trying to start figuring out, you know, navigating the third, third tier in Finland where it was only like some of the people were professional. We only, I would think maybe we had, let's say 20 people on the team. My guess is we had five, six professionals and then the rest had jobs or were you know 17 18 years old going to school so we only trained three times a week we would do monday wednesday friday and it was kind of show up if you want to which is very very different than everything i've grown up with so that i didn't like that um but it was kind of it was like am i gonna let this circumstance kind of control how things are going. And it was like, you know, I just look, man, I just, I just traveled across a damn ocean to come play soccer. Like I'm, I can barely talk to my family now because it's an eight hour difference. So I get, you know, you only get a couple hours to talk to your family and friends and stuff like that over here. So then I was like, okay, well, maybe I won't get much from, the team trainings, but I'm going to get a lot of game time. And now there's a lot of downtime that I can work on some technical things that I wasn't very good at. So, you know, luckily the people I was staying with, you know, I was, I was staying at the, the club had a, the club had a deal with a language school. And so I was staying at a language school, taking Finnish classes, it was actually really, really cool. At first, I was didn't think it would be nice, but you know, I was living with people from Afghanistan, from all over Africa, from all over Europe. Um, but then my my teammates, there was one from Gambia and one from Canada, and we kind of had like almost like a separate area, sorta. But yeah, so we were on the we were on the team. So then it was like both of those two are very, very like uh, hardworking guys. They both play in Ukenin now, so in the second division. So us three would just 
train, train, train. So like if we trained Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we were also going early to training and, you know, working on lots of technique, um, striking balls, dribbling. But then Tuesdays, Thursdays, we were usually going either at our place, like at the, at the school or going to the field and training more doing like I was just, we were hammering technique. We would go to the gym at the place and just short passes, short passes, short passes. We were also lifting those things. So like it was, and then obviously getting 90 minutes every single week and doing well pays off a lot. And it was, you know, I had lost so much confidence from the last three, four years because there was the bad season there was not playing. And then there was two years in St. Louis where we were not a winning team. So I had lost so much confidence that made me a good player, but now I'm playing a lot. And now our team, which we were all like BK was, didn't have a lot of money. They weren't trying to promote, but we were winning tons of games and we were fighting for promotion. And it was so nice to like get that confidence going again. I could just like feel everything changing and it started it started with all of that and it started with that work yeah that was you know we don't we don't end up promoting we kind of blew it on the last day where we played the worst team in the league if we would have won we would have gone to the promotion playoff and we end up losing so yeah yeah but it, it didn't end up being that bad because like with a few games, like they, the club basically came out and said that, like, if we even promote, we don't have enough money. So, okay, we're not going to take the promotion. If it, okay, if that yeah, because obviously so then it, you have to travel everywhere in the second division, then to like the north and Olo, and then everywhere. So, money doesn't. If the club doesn't have enough money, then what's the point, really? Exactly, because yeah, re- in Cochranen, it's regional. Yep. So yeah, and then once it's Zukin, and then it goes the full season. Yep. So yeah, I mean. At the time, that didn't make any sense. I was like, "Why would you not want to promote? Why are you?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then, but then, like all the travel and all that stuff, I was like, "Oh, okay, it makes sense." This is not the this is not the club ambition, but that club was fantastic. Like that's like the people that were there. It was it was great. Like I know maybe maybe sometimes the way I describe it, it can sound kind of negative, where it's like almost like, "Oh, they weren't professional," blah blah. But no, like I mean. It's just how it is. It's, it's the it was the situation of the club, and they did the best with what they what they had. And that year, and those people, and the way they treated me, it changed my life, and it made like if I wouldn't have gone in Kakonen and done that, I don't think I end up being where I am right now. Yeah. yeah. So then you played one season at Beko, and then you transferred to Ukkonen and Ekkonas. So how did that like transfer happen? And how'd you find it now in the Ukkonen? You have more confidence now. You've got a lot yeah. more game time. So how did that then end up happening? Yeah. So then it was like at the end of the end of the season with, with uh, Beko, it was that, so Aif is in Thomas Hardy, which is like a 10 minute. It's like, it's connected. They're connected essentially. Yeah. Like they're, um, so then I called my agent and, you know, Ukkonen ends one month after Kakunen. So I called my agent. I'm like, hey, can you see if I can train with Aif um, for the last month? And he was like, yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. So then call him up. Then I can go train with him. So which was really nice because then I was. Now I was training with an Ukkonen team and 
for a month or so and I play well. And then it was like, yeah, we'll probably just bring you back in January. Like we don't know what the coaching situation is, blah, blah. So then I go back home and I'm just back home training, but I know like now I really have some confidence and some like some mojo going. So now it's, now I'm, I'm playing great. Like where I'm training fit all these, like I'm, I'm feeling really good. Like now I'm feeling that things are like finally starting to rise. Like, um, so then my agent calls me and he was like, yeah, there's two clubs that want to bring you in. There's AFE and then there's, there's Haka. They both want to bring you in on trial. Like you got to decide which one. So I'm looking at the two teams and I'm like, okay, well, a finished right above relegation. Haka finished like fifth or fourth. So let's go to Haka. <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> so then agent calls Haka. They don't pick up. And then they're like being weird for like a few days. And my agent's like, I don't know what they're doing. Like they're not returning the phone calls. They said they would bring you in all this stuff. And I was like, okay, well, I can't wait along anymore. We're going to Dave. So then go to AFE. Um, they had got a new coach that season. His name's uh, Gabri Zotard. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. The next. Um, now he's actually the, the assistant coach they paid, but he was unbelievable. Like he was the best coach I had had. Like it was his first year being a professional coach. And he was from the Barcelona area. And just the way he the way he saw the game and the way he was teaching everything, I had it like, yeah, you see it on TV and you try to understand it a little bit, but you don't get it until you're in that environment and like really understand it. Cause you know, yeah, I, I always like, I'm a soccer junkie, always watch the games and things like that. But until it was like really explained to you how the movements they do at Barcelona. And yeah, obviously it's not to the level of Barcelona. Like I'm not saying, our players were that quality, but that's the style he was teaching and trying to make us do. And it was a lot of like, just understanding the spaces you were, the different rotations, all of these things. It was unbelievable. So I felt like I was progressing every single day. Um, in our team, you know, like I said, like the, the eighth was not a big club at all. They were the spot above relegation or maybe two spots above relegation. Our team was made up of, you know, I had come from Kakonen. One, like, I think it was in our 11, our starting 11, we had six guys who were in Kakonen the year before. One guy who was even relegated from Kakonen the year before. Another guy who was relegated from Ukonen. And then it was like two guys who were on the team the year before. And then one player who was like, his name's Hanson Boakai, like crazy talented player but he had like been not playing for two, three years. So we were a team of like nobodies mm -hmm. essentially. And like in finish, like in finished terms, like what we've done in the leagues and stuff like that. And we were so damn close to promoting. It was crazy. Yeah. I remember that season actually when Ekonos almost got promoted. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. And it was like, you know, with like five, six games left, we were in first place by like four points. And then we just kind of, you know, we lost, we lost two huge games and then things fell off and we ended up getting third place. But it was like, you know, it was that perfect, 
it was that perfect mix where it was like you were learning every day, but then at the same time you were exceeding expectations. So like everybody's confidence was just skyrocketing through the roof. We were playing a different style than everybody else. Like it was fun to play. We were, we were pressing, we were keeping the ball. It was, you know, it was, it was great. Um, so then, yeah, so we end up getting third. We don't promote, which was, that was a huge bummer because the whole reason I wanted to come over to Europe in the first place was to get in a top league. I didn't, I didn't explain that before, but one of the reasons I wanted to leave America a lot was because you get stuck in the USL. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's no promotion. And basically you have to like be an attacking player or like a center back really stand out to get MLS eyes on you. I'm like, I don't want to be in the USL for the rest of my life. I want to play in the top league. So I, that's why I decided to come to Europe. So, you know, I was just grinding to try to get in the top league. So that, that sucked not getting promoted, but you know, it is, it is what it is. Um, yep. Yeah. So then, yeah, then my, I only signed a one year contract. So then my contract was up at the end of the year. So then I was kind of deciding where I was going to go next. Um, and then, you know, if they offered me something, but it was like, you know, if they didn't have, they didn't have a lot of money. Um, almost everybody was leaving because everybody was on one year contracts and we played so well that of course other teams are going to come in and take players. Yep. So then it was like really early, you know, and, and in Finland, it's really uncommon for teams to just sign a player without trial. Usually they just, they bring you in cause they really need to see you and make sure that you, you know, whatever, which is how it is. Well, in November, the Haka offered me a nice contract and, you know, there, it was going to be Temi, Temu Tainio's first year as a head coach, you know, unbelievable player. Um, I had heard great things from, you know, I had a friend who played at hockey the year before. They said he was a great coach, all these things. Talked to him on the phone and was like, okay, well, do you guys, like, what's the league's, like, what's the goal? What does the team want to do? And he was like, oh, it's promotion or we failed. And I was like, yep, bang, let's go. <laughs> you know, I thought, I really, like, after my season at eighth, I really thought a Vegas league was going to take me because I was playing great. But they didn't, you know. And for a little bit, it was like, you know, why are they not taking me? Like, this is, well, I was like, well, you know, because some other, some of my other teammates got picked up by Vegas Liga teams. And I was like, well, you know, if it was, if I was that good, then it wouldn't even be a question. Ever, then everybody would be wanting me. So I was like, okay, well, then I just need to keep getting better kind of thing. Yeah. So I was like, Tame will be the perfect coach because he played my position. Yep. One of the greatest midfielders ever for Finland, man. He was so good for us. Oh, you need to see, you need to see him in practice still. It, he's still, he's still kicking about in practice. Oh my God. It's the, it's the worst sometimes. Cause you know, we'll be doing like some kind of the passing drill or finishing drill and we'll miss passes. Like the ball won't go where we want it to go. And then he'll be like, no, you just do it like this. And he just like <laughs> takes a ball and then just goes like directly, like on a dime, oh. wherever he wants. And we're like, Oh yeah. Okay. it's it's crazy he does like when he'll step up and kick a ball sometimes you're like jesus christ that is that's quality 
Yep, exactly. Wow. So then you transferred to FC Hawk Cup in 2019, and obviously, greatest season ever for Ukrainian team. You guys were so dominant. Yeah. I think you lost only one game. So talk about that season. Obviously, Temutanyo's first season as a manager. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, oh, you know, what kind of manager is he going to be? And then you guys just completely dominated that season. So talk about that. And then obviously, you reached the goal of then getting promoted to a top-tier league in Europe. Yeah, so then it was... Um, you know, I get there and, you know, I was the, so like at eighth, I was originally like, I came in, um, and I was the third choice captain at eighth, but basically how it worked out was that the first choice guy was hurt all the time. And the second choice guy was hurt all the time and not around the team. So then essentially I was the captain for eighth the entire time. For, I would say, after two, three months. So then, you know, and I, I was I was captain at, in high school and college and those as well. So I was used to used to the role. So I show up to Hakka and I get there in January. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, we play a few friendly games. And then, you know, we hadn't picked captains yet. But then, like, on the board for the games, they would always, like, he would just, who's the captain on the day? So then it was like a I can't remember if it was a friendly game was the first one, but basically like out of nowhere, all of a sudden you like put the C next to my name and you know, it was in February. I was like, Oh shit. Okay. So then play and we're, we're doing well and all those things. And then it's like right before the season, he texted me and he was like, Hey, like I, you know, it's kind of weird to do this to a first year player or, you know, especially even a foreigner. So like the combination is, but you know, I think you should be our captain, all these things. And I was hell yeah. Like, that's what, that's like kind of one of the things that like I strive to, you know, be a good leader, all these things. So, um, so then, yeah, it was, you know, I get thrust into a leadership. Is it like a, the head captain of this club that's trying to promote, um, in Ukinen. huge honor. It was crazy. It was really, it was awesome. Um, but then we start the season, we just start crushing everybody. Like, like you said, like we didn't lose a game till we won the league. Like we, we won 15 games in a row at one point and we're just stomping teams. Um, yeah, I think we, we won. We, we gained promotion by winning our 15th straight game at Yardo on like a Saturday. And then we had TPS on Wednesday and that's the game we lost. So yeah. And then we, and then even after that, it was it was really cool because I think a lot of teams would kind of like put their foot off the off the gas pedal a little bit, but no, we just still were just running through people. Um, but yeah, it was it was great because I mean our team was, you know, you get on that rhythm, and we were training really well. With our team was working crazy hard at training. We were showing up. Yeah, the breaks some. If, you're going to get promotion. If you're going to win a league breaks have to go your way as well. Like luck plays a factor into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were some games where, you know, the bounces were going our way, but you know, you kind of create your own luck at the same point, same time. So um, that was a, it was an amazing year. Um, and then to get promotion on that day was, was unbe- like, it was, it was unbelievable. Like it was finally, like it was, like years and years of grinding 
and you know sacrificing a lot and you know lots of stuff it was kind of hard to explain but it was it was a great great feeling and it was a great day to finally get promotion and um yeah like you said going to a top league in in europe and yeah it's not it's not england it's not spain it's not one of those big countries that you dream of is when you were a kid but it's still i mean it's a, it's a good level man and it's it's difficult and it's those you know when i was when i was growing up for whatever reason i when i thought about being a professional soccer player like a lot of people think about like the big cars and the big houses and all this money and stuff it was never about that for me like it was about being able to train every single day and about you know you're just getting better like i didn't look at the way Ronaldo's lifestyle was. I looked at the way Ronaldo could dribble a ball. So then it was finally like getting to this point where I'm continually progressing and I'm training every day and I'm able to get paid to play soccer. That's nuts. And to be able to do it in Europe where when I'm growing up in America, soccer isn't that big. I used to got, I used to get made fun of for playing soccer. And it was always like, yeah, but in Europe, that's where it's everyone loves it. So it was always a dream to go over playing Europe. That's what every American kid's dream was to go over and play soccer in Europe. Every soccer player in America. So then to finally be able to do this in the top league, it was it's an un, it was an unbelievable feeling. Um, and yeah, it goes it goes away pretty quick because then you start realizing, oh crap, now I'm playing in the top league. And- <laughs> <laughs> You're playing teams like Mexico. God, yeah. So, so yeah, it was, I mean, it was a great, it was a great feeling. And, um, then the work, like really, then, then it really gets going. So, yeah. Yeah. That was yep. the, those are your promoting. So then the goal for 2020 was probably just to stay up. Basically. Was that the main goal then for Hakka? So it was, you know, that was the, maybe at the beginning, that's what it was. But the thing is in the cup, we were winning every game. Yeah. You were in like, the semifinals, right? Yeah. yeah. We made the, um, we were playing really well. We did not, including friendlies from, I think it was like in March of 2019, we lost that one game against TPS for till June, you know, like June, 2020 was the, so we lost one game in that time period. And that was the Hoyiko in the semifinal. Um, so then going into the season, we were talking, we were like, it's going to be tough, but realistically we could finish in the top half. Like we want to be fighting for like, get a chance to get the club to Europe is what the, is what the club's ultimate goal is to get Kaka back to Europe. So, um, then the season gets going and we get off to a, you know, obviously COVID happens, which affected everybody. But, you know, our season gets pushed back where it was supposed to start in April. It starts in July. Now you got 22 games that were supposed to be over, you know, from April till October. Now it's from July to October. So you're playing every three years. <laughs> Intensity is tight then, that's for sure. Wow, so hard. And, all, you know, no one's used to that. Like, yeah, you can say, like, yeah, but Barcelona, Real Madrid, those players, they play every three days. Like, okay, well – they have the best facilities of all time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they and they've been doing it for years. We do not. We don't have the best facilities in the world. We have 
you know, good facilities for what it is, but they're not top of the line and nobody's played three games in three days. I mean, a game every three days. That's just yeah. not, no one's used to that. So people's bodies were breaking down and we had lots of injuries, things like that. Yeah, these are excuses, but it is what it, I mean, it's, it's true. Um, so, you know, then we, we lose at the beginning of the season, we were playing well, but we weren't getting results. Like we weren't getting wins that we thought we like that we should have won. Like there's some games where we definitely should have won. We didn't. So then you start losing that confidence that when it was so high, we couldn't lose because confidence plays such a big factor in every sport, man. So you lose that confidence. Team starts going down. We can't win. Um, And then it just became a dogfight trying to stay up. Um, And then second half of the season, we, we pick it up and we start getting results. Things start bouncing our way a little bit. Um, and then we we stay up and it was it was incredible to, you know, I had, I had signed a new contract in the summer um, to stay here for this season and um, club option for next year as well. So um, it was really important that I wanted to stay up, make sure I wanted to get another season in Vegas League at least. Um, so then staying up was was huge for me personally, but also for the club, like um, – it's where the club belongs. Um, Hawker yeah. is a vehicle like a team, is a club. Yep. So yep. it's good. It's good to, now that we're not a an elevator team, I guess is how some people put it. Yeah, it's good. It's good that that's not us. Yep. So in the because la- in the last four games, I think you guys were like 11th, I think. So you guys were going to go get relegated if you didn't win any games. And the last four games of the season, you won two, especially the Coops game when you guys came back from 2-1 down. Then I saw a video. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. I watched the video of the game. And then I just see you celebrate with the fans. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah let's go. <laughs> and I just like, this guy is fantastic and a great leader. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, um, so it was basically ropes was really far down so they were gonna get relegated yeah they were shit i'll say it they were shit (laughs) yeah we lost to them god oh (laughs) god it was so bad it was both our games against them oh my god um well anyway (laughs) so it was basically so ropes was going down and there was basically going to be like a a dog fight between us and tps and then actually towards the end of the season Marty Hum, they started really dropping. So, you know, it's still like, yeah, we're not picking up points, but neither is TPS. So it's like, so it's okay. It's just like, we need to keep going. Like eventually it's going to happen. And that's what I, I, I said this to the, you know, I had like a little speech at the end of the last season. I said this to the team and to everybody. It's not easy when you're losing and not getting the results. You want to keep showing up to training and to keep having a good attitude and, you know, a lot of the time when I've been um, in environments where you start losing teams start splintering apart, they start getting into fights with each other, you know, people's attitudes drop in training. That's not how we were last year. It was such a good group of guys. Like it was still like, it's coming. Like, it's just keep, keep with it. Like the results are going to come. So then, yeah, last, you know, we have, we had that terror, like at it was home game against Ropes with like I think it was five games left of the season, and it was like we have to win this game. 
We do not win the game. We lose. And it was like a blow up. An absolute blow up with the locker room, with the team. And there was a lot of, like, there was some heavy conversations with the team and with the coaching staff. And, you know, it could have gone one way where it was like, could have easily gone that that was going to be the end of it and it was going to wreck relationships basically. (laughs) (laughs) Or it could have gone the other way where we get better from it. And that's luckily that's the way it turned. Um, And then after that, we play Honka at Honka and we have a crazy, that was one of the craziest games I've been a part of where it was, they score. Then they have that. If you've seen it, that crazy red card on our goalkeeper. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. I've never seen that last season. Yep. Yeah. Crazy red card. And then, we score, score a goal. We score another goal, like in the 85th minute or something like that. And then they get a penalty kick in the 90th minute. And our goalkeeper, who was our starter, but then we brought in a lone goalkeeper from Hoyuko. Yep, the Swedish guy. Yep. So our starter lost his position. And then he basically hadn't played in 10 games. And they put him in this game because it was kind of like, let's change some things up. And he saves the penalty kick. And it was... Like, saves the penalty, and we just start going absolute bonkers, obviously. <laughs> so we win that. Yeah, God, that was awesome. So then we win that game, and then we get TPS at home, which is who we're fighting relegation with. Then we beat TPS, and then we go to Lati in a ridiculous snowstorm. <laughs> People couldn't even run on that field because it was a grass field. Then we get a tie in that condition, which was a good tie. I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, it was a good tie. Mm-hmm. And then then we go at Coops, and we, or yeah, we're down, yeah, we're down 1-0 or 2-1, whatever it was. And we yep. score two late goals, and one of them was in the 90th minute. Saul almost chips the goalkeeper, and yep. we all just started going nuts. And then it was like, Hell yeah, now we got some room. Because then there was one game left against Marty Hammond. Then it came out that we weren't going to play the final five games of the season because of COVID. So then we were safe. Yep. yep. So then it was like the ultimate relief. It was awesome. So then, yeah, but then even that last game against Marty Ham, if we would have so it was like we were playing Mariham, TPS was playing Coops. If TPS won and Mariham lost, Mariham was going to go to the promotion, the relegation game. TPS beat Coops and we smashed Mariham and didn't score. Like it was one, you know, it was one of those games where the ball just yeah, wouldn't go. Yeah. But we were safe. TPS went to the relegation game and uh, yep. I lost. Yep. yep, that was the main goal. Then I guess just to stay up because yeah. there's a dog fighting the Vakos League, man. It's, it's tough, people, man. It's tough. Like the that's what I always I I say this to my teammates almost every year because like even like Finnish people make fun of Finnish soccer, like make fun of the level of it and things like that. And I'm like, you guys are way better than you realize than you think you are. Like, you guys are really good. You'll even hear like there was a um, player that played for SCCO that was coming from Elsvenska, and he came in and he was like in an article he was like yeah I mean the level's like the same 
as an offense. Yeah, they get paid more. Maybe the top end teams are a little bit better, but it's really similar. And that's what Erdo Erdo Markinen obviously was on our team last year. Yep. He said the same thing where it was like, I was like, how much? Because I was like, be real. Like, don't say because we're playing here. I was like, how big of a difference is Osvenska and Vekosig? And he was like, look, like top three, four teams, like obviously the Swedish teams are better. They have so much money. He's like, but if you were to take like the Vekosig teams and throw them in there, like it would be like the mid table and things like that. So I think the level's better than maybe you get some credit for. And it goes with like, there's some like, don't want to name names, but there's like a player on my team right now, one of our center backs who is like talent wise and everything. Absolute top end. Like I think he's one of the best center backs in the league for sure, but he doesn't think he's one of the best center backs in the league. Like he, I don't know how to put it. He doesn't have that, like that confidence that like I'm the man kind of thing. So he's just a good center. Like he's still really good, but I think if he, if he had that, that attitude, like where some like foreign players come in, like some Spanish guys or something like that, where they think they're the man. If he had that, he'd be, he'd be somewhere else. He'd be fantastic. I think that's where a lot of, a lot of Finnish people, that's where it is. They don't have that. Like, I guess almost like a, the way I'd put it, like a fuck you mentality. Like if they had a little bit of that, then it'd be so much better. Yeah, exactly. So kind of talk to me about having, as a manager because obviously growing up in Finland he was a great midfielder like playing at Tottenham and Sunderland and now he's a coach so talk to me about his coaching and then like his tactic why well you don't have to really talk about tactics because obviously you don't want to give that away but just like as a coach like how he deals with the players is he like a good players coach and all that kind of stuff in a way yeah he's he's a good players coach because it's you know the thing is he's also learning right now because like we said that it was his first year as a head coach was 2019. Yep. Yeah. So he's still, he's still learning. He's still getting his badges. I mean, and the coaching and playing is totally different. Like I've been, I've been coaching since I was 18. Like there's so many things where, you know, when you're playing, you're focused on you. Maybe, maybe you get some guys who are focused on their people. Like you get good leaders who are like that, but you get what I'm saying. And then in coaching, it's, you're looking at everything. Um, So it's very, it's very different. And it's, you're looking at the whole picture, the whole tactic. So he's learning. He's gotten better every single year on all of that. But in terms of players, coach, he understands like he understands when we need days off. He understands when we need to let loose. Um, you know, he knows how to make trainings fun. He knows how to keep things light in training. Um, and then in games, he's the ultimate, ultimate competitor. He wants to win all the time no matter what. And maybe sometimes it goes, I think they've talked about when he was playing, maybe it spills over the edge, but I, I get that too. Cause whenever I want to win so bad all the time, sometimes I spill over the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a good sign. Like yep. I'd rather hundred percent have a coach that cares too much. Maybe sometimes than someone who's just really like, eh, like it happens, those kind of things. So I think he's, he's fantastic to play for. Um, and then obviously there's so much like because he was so good in the at my position, he's helped me on just little things all the time, every year. My positioning, body shape, where to play balls, things like that. Um, obviously there's sometimes where 
he's going to get frustrated because we can't do some of the things that I think come a bit more natural to him. But I think he does a good, I think he does a good job at, you know, reining back some of those frustrations that he may have and then being able to, to help us out. You know, I've been obviously not in his exact shoes, but sometimes when, if, if I'm coaching players who are at a level lower than him, I, have to, I can't understand why they don't see some of the things. And I think that's how it can be for him sometimes too. Yeah. But I think, which I, I get that. Yeah, of course, man. He's played in the Premier League. I mean, yeah. he was such so a good think, midfielder. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that I'm sure there's some things where like he'll see a pass and he'll be like, How do you not see that? Like, how do you not hit it like that? But I think he does a I think he does a good job at being able to then then explain and be like, no, this is the situation. This is how you need to hit it. This is when this player moves here, you need to play boom, boom, get it into that space. So I think I think he's been fantastic for me. He's been fantastic for the club. He's brought a he's brought a winning mentality to the club. Um, yeah, I think he's I think he's done a great job. Yeah. So then, obviously, now the Vehicles Lagos season is soon starting. So how have the practices kind of gone preparing for the season? And obviously, you know, the delay of the season has that disrupted training at all? Like, is there like yeah, a, certain a, amount of, a certain amount of players that can train at the same time, or is it kind of like, oh, everybody can just train at the same time? I, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah. So, beginning, I mean, everything's been everything's been smooth in terms of COVID with our team and everything. Like, we haven't had any trainings disrupted this year. Now we haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been training in full. Everything. Um, you know, we got a lot of new players in. We're playing a new new style, new tactics, lots of things. So it's been a lot of really important trainings. And we've had, like, from from the very beginning till I would say about March, mid-March, we were clicking on all. So we were playing fantastic. Like, we didn't advance in the cup, um, but we were playing well. And at this point in the season, it's not – yeah, obviously you always want to win. Like, it sucks when you don't win, but – a lot of it's about improvement. So I would say like all through like a good 12 months, eight, eight, I mean, 12 weeks, eight weeks, we were playing fantastic. Um, I think then when it got announced that the season was going to get pushed back a month till May, I think it kind of made some players like, oh, like Jesus Christ again kind of thing. Um, so I think trainings maybe dropped off a little bit. Um, we haven't played too well in our last few friendly games. But, you know, there's, there's always, it's like this all during the season. All Up and season. down all I the did. time. Yeah. So we've, we've in trainings and everything, we've stayed steady though. Like where people aren't losing their minds. There's, no, there's none of that. Um, so I think now it's, now we're starting to ramp things back up and now it's, we have three more friendly games and then the season starts. So now it's, you know, now I think, think people are starting to get the itch a little bit. Now it's, now it's time to get, get rolling again so hopefully this is a good good last three weeks and then the then the season gets going so one one final question for you so what's the biggest difference between obviously playing in the usl and then the vacos league is there much of a difference and then following that question up culturally obviously you're from the midwest of america and then you come to finland everybody's a little bit quiet heads down all the time yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. like that kind of style so talk about that as well yeah so 
differences in like in America and ecosystem because I get asked this a lot like how big of a what level is better kind of is basically the question like is USL better than Vegasiga or yeah. or whatever but I would say it's like really really hard to compare them because it is very different like the in USL it's very um, it's more athletic for sure like every team will have some absolute just freak athletes on the team. Um, so it's a little bit, the game is more up and down, um, typically less possession, those kind of things. The tactics aren't as good. Um, I think players here in Finland, like their space recognition, um, knowing when, when to make certain plays, all of these things, I think just tactically it's better than in USL. Um, but it's just, a, it's a very, it's a different game. So it's, it's kind of hard to compare it. Um, I would say like the good teams in USL would come here and maybe, you know, they'd finish top half things like that, you know, would be my guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, USL, it's, I mean, it's a good level. It's a great stadiums, all those things. It's a good league. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then culturally, obviously it's different. <laughs> I mean, Americans yep, exactly. Are, Americans are crazy. So <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Americans are crazy. So like uh Finnish people, yeah, obviously they're they're much more quiet, much more res- reserved. But when you get to know them, they're some they're my favorite people. They're awesome. They're really kind, they're they're genuine. Um it's like a lot less like I think in my opinion, I think a lot of things that are going on in America a lot like it's kind of fake almost some of it that makes sense there's a lot of people posing where I don't think in Finland you get that as much there's not as much uh trying to act like something you're not essentially so I think I think it's just a little bit more real I think it's a little not even a little bit it's more relaxed over here mm-hmm. like there's like a like everyday life in America, it feels like everything's like ramped up to like level nine, level eight, which is good. But I mean, there's there's good and bad things about everything because it it drives innovation. It makes people hungry. Like that's why you see so many top, like top end of almost every industry coming from America is because there is that level that's cranked up. That's like I need to be rolling, I need to be going. Where I think in Finland, I think people are generally happier and more relaxed and calmer. Um, obviously, the last year with COVID, maybe people aren't as relaxed, but I think that's everywhere worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say that's the I would say those are the the biggest differences between like, culturally with it. Now with it, when it, when I'm saying that in America, I'm I'm only looking at the Midwest because when you look at America, when you say like how are Americans? It's like 50 different countries. Yep. Exactly. Like, exactly. People from New York are not even the same people as people from Illinois. <laughs> like not even the same people as people from California. So it's, it's very, it's very different. Yeah. So, but that, that's a, that's how I would say about it. Have your family come to Finland and watch you play actually? I've had my mom and her friend have come here two years and they love it. Like okay. she always, they great. They they've come for two weeks, 
Both times they come in the summer, obviously. <laughs> That's a good, good choice, I would say. They come in the summer, obviously. <laughs> yep. I can't believe it's still snowing here. I'm looking out my window right now. Uh, it's, it's Finland, man. It's Finland. <laughs> yeah, my first, my first uh, professional, like, official game in Finland was, like, April, you know, like, middle or late April, and I got snowed out at halftime. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then this year, hopefully, because, you know, my, my whole family's gotten the vaccine now, so we're hoping – that my mom and my sister, potentially even my brother, will be able to come in like June or July. Like hoping that, like, hey, we have the vaccine. Like, let us come in. We're yeah. not gonna wreck you guys, but we'll see. We'll see how we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, they can come. I think it would be. Oh, and my nephew would come too, which would be really cool. He's a six-year-old, so that'd be oh nice. Yeah, it'd be it'd be really cool for them to see it because it is, you know, like they've only lived in Illinois. Yep. Yeah. All of them just lived, you know, my mom's from Chicago. So she lived there and she lived in Champaign. Then my sister has lived in Champaign her entire life. So I think it's just, yeah, of course you go and visit other places in America or like they've been to like Mexico or something like that on vacation, but yeah, it's totally different. I think it'd be awesome for them to experience it. And even if it's only for a couple of weeks and especially for my nephew to see, see something different than, than America, I think it'd be great. Exactly, and it's not just Helsinki. You're going to Valkiokoski, which is in the middle of Finland, so yeah. super small, super small town as well. Yeah, of course, but they would go to. I think they would, they would definitely spend some time in Helsinki. And then there's oh, yeah. temporary right around us. So yep. They're, they're, Tampere, get, yep. Yeah, but you can get the you can get the city vibe, but then also get the the small town vibe, which we're used to, like my family's used to. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, I think it, I think it'd be great for them. But we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see how the COVID situation is going. It's, it's getting better. But it's hopefully see. getting better. Yep. <laughs> we will see. I just want the stadiums to be open so I can go watch. I don't know if you know this, but my favorite team is Oiko. I used to play for them as a kid, so they're my team. I can't blame you. They're sick. I can't blame you. <laughs> We're the best team, man. Sorry. <laughs> oh, they're they're great. They're yeah, they're like the we'll see we'll see how the season goes, but when I'm looking at all the other teams. And who we've played against, they're fantastic this year, man. Their players are so damn good. Yeah. Which they should be. I mean, they have the most money. They yep, have the biggest budget by far. But they're really good. So they play a nice style. They um but we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how the season goes. But I'm I can't blame you for being a whole eco fan. <laughs> I can't blame myself either. I had I had to choose one team, so it had to be Hoiko. But thank you so we much. Can make your, your Haka, yeah, Haka we'll make Hoiko my second team. Yep, exactly. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully then when Hoiko Haka play, then I'll come there and I'll rip the USA jersey for you. Perfect. Yeah. Stay neutral. Yeah. <laughs> Stay neutral, exactly. But thank you so much for coming on, Jacob. This has been a fantastic interview and your journey from Midtown America to here has been crazy. Yeah, hey, th- thanks for having me on. I mean, it's it's awesome. I love Love being able to tell the story and all those things. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Of course, man. So, peace, everybody. Stay safe. And remember to wash those damn hands.